Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. Right, we're back here on the Brisbane Football is NPL Sunday Show. It's a regular show to team of Scott and Adam with you. Adam, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Welcome back, uh, weekend host. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. Thank you to James for filling in last week. It's been a massive weekend of football. Adam, as we're now closing on the semifinals as well as the Australia Cup, and it's been a, it's another great weekend. Yeah, look, it seems seems to be uh, yeah we've we sport for choice of uh, football at the moment, especially with uh, what was a very very you know, great atmosphere up at uh, AJ Kelly Park this afternoon. Obviously, for most of us, probably not the result we wanted, but still, for our football football, you know, was King and was the winner on the day. It was. We'll go to that in just a moment. Just to prove I do listen to the show when I'm not on, and I do take advice from the uh, so-called professional midweek host of the Brisbane Football Review. You can always get in touch with us on our social media platforms at Facebook, The Raw Review, Twitter at being in football, or you can email us at Brisbane Football, football Review at gmail.com. I believe that gets all the plugs out of the way, Adam? Hey, yeah, I think it does. Uh, yeah, that's a, it, it, it works. It does. So we will now move on to the Australia Cup quarterfinal between Peninsula Power and Sydney United 58 up there at AJ Kelly Park this afternoon. It was a 1-0 win for the visiting Sydney United 58. A goal from Yanni Frogayanis in the 10th minute, Adam. It was a fantastic strike, and it was all that separated the two sides, wasn't it? It was a very even game between the two. Peninsula Power tried to push forward and get an equaliser, but unfortunately on this occasion it wasn't to be, and the Sydney side are through to the semi-finals. Well, this is the whole thing, the I guess you know, the the uh, tagline Magic of the Cup. And uh, look, it was a sensational strike by um Frogianis and um and yeah, look, and that end up being the, the, the winning the winning goal. I said the cup football, it is it is about taking your chances and, and you know on the opportunities. And look when it comes when it comes down to it in the most simplest form, you know, Sydney United took their chance. Uh Potential power couldn't couldn't uh, fashion one. They had they had plenty of opportunities. Um, Malachi uh, Love Samira now was you know getting in behind, getting behind, especially early in the second half. But uh, yeah, it just just couldn't find um just couldn't find the back of the net. And uh, look, I think uh, my first impression of Sydney United, very very well, well disciplined uh, team, and they deserve the semi final spot. Absolutely, it was a very different game to the more recent um, round of sixteen game against Green Gully from MPL Victoria with Sydney United. We were told they were a team that liked possession, but they sat back very, very deep in this game and really gave a lot of the ball to Peninsula Power. But they weren't also they weren't threatening in the on a counter attack either. They were very much controlled, disciplined, and defensive in their shape, and it worked very well from having got the early goal. But Peninsula Power did have a lot of opportunities in this game. The fullbacks were able to get forward, but it was just in the that front third they just weren't quite able to create that half that half chair. That one ball through to create a chance where they just that last little bit was missing in the front third for the home side today. Yeah, I look, I think the obviously the early goal uh, obviously did did uh, sort of you know fashion that game plan, but I think that would have been the game plan all along: score first, and then back your defence and uh, and back back your goalkeeper to uh, to get you home, and that's pretty much uh, what they did. Like so, they did they did threaten they they nearly they nearly got a, got a second goal, you know, in the second half, which probably would have uh, killed off the game completely. I just I just think that you know the way they played the game, their the game plan, just the defence, their defence. I just don't think that um, that within 90 minutes, Pinchel Power would have had at least two to take it the extra time. I think it was going to be uh, pretty much one done, and they got that done in the 10th minute. You did. You mentioned the goalkeeper, Daniel Nisic. He's a big boy, wasn't he? Mm. They, the Power, they tried to test him, but a couple of corners that were put in, but they were always going to be simple for a goalkeeper like him to get to, but they just weren't able to test him enough, were they, the home side? Yeah, oh, look, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with uh, you know, seeing Daniel Nizic, you know, live in action. You know, like he he is a towering presence. Like, uh, look, he makes he makes me feel like a small man. I'm and I and I'm six foot three. So so like he he he's an impressive uh, player, and I I I find it hard to believe that he in the, within the next twelve months won't find a you know, a home in the in the A League men's because he he really you know, has been impressive. You know, obviously his heroics uh against uh West United in the round of sixteen with uh, 
in that penalty shootout. But yeah, look, he really sort of, you know, his presence really sort of made difficult for Peninsula Power to really sort of, you know, you know, get any much attack on goal, especially on those sort of high crosses, you know, or or even, you know, when I know there was a, a chance in the second half where Love Samira got in behind, he was able to sort of, you know, rush out Love Samira and sort of stretch out and pretty much shut down the um the goal. A very good performance from the goalkeeper. One of a few players in that Sydney United side who have A-League men's experience. And with potential power, we'll talk about their cup run now that has unfortunately come to an end for them. But they've seen, they've seen a lot of different... They've won the two games very differently. And all the, all the things they, they got those two wins with, they tried to use those things once again today in the game against City, but just didn't quite fall. They had Malachi Osmer up front. We saw what a great impact he had against Northwest Sydney in the first game. And Alex Smith came on in the second game against against Green Gully, and he had turned that game magnificently. And Josh Woolley scored from the set piece. They tried those things once again today. It just it just didn't quite fall for them, did it? But, did it? but on the whole, it's been a terrific cup run for Peninsula Power, and one which I'm sure as a club they will remember for a very long time. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, no, no matter the result, uh, especially this result, 1-0 against a quality team, probably we're talking about the top, the, the top, you know, echelon of, you know, of second tier teams and that's the member federation clubs you know in Australia. Like I said, Peninsula Power definitely proved that they are up there and mix it with the best. Uh look even even uh, like I said it's easy to say that oh and look Northwest Sydney they were a their second division team. But as uh the record would show, uh look they they are they are competitive against the you know, the top teams in the top flight in New South Wales. So that that was a that was a big win itself. Green Gully are, were a very good team as well, and like I said, Sydney United, and it just their, their luck ran out today. On another day, maybe that they 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 you know they get that goal and you know and and hold out, or they sort of you know, get a few goals, and you know Sydney United can't shut down. So it's just like I think they have a lot to be proud of, and um and yeah, look, congratulations to everyone at Peninsula Power, not only on the pitch, but three home games as well, three you know, great days of football as well. And I think everyone at Peninsula Power. Yeah, you know, deserves a lot of credit for you know hosting those game days. It, you know, most some of the most enjoyable days. You know, you know that I've I've been involved with for you know a number of seasons. I see three terrific occasions up there on the peninsula, on three very good crowds, including the crowd. That was a fantastic atmosphere up there at AJ Kelly Park. Fifteen hundred, it was reported as, and it was a very vo- boisterous fifteen hundred as well from both sides of the fence as well. So it was a great thing to see. Although one all all member federation teams from Queensland are now out of the Australia Cup. To, it's now up to the Brisbane Raw to fly the flag. They have their quarterfinal on Wednesday. We'll have to wait and see how they go in that one. After the game, we've got with the head coach of Prince Power, Rick Coglin. Let's see what he had to say. After his side went down 1 0 to Sydney United, and we'll be back right after this. I'll do with the coach of Power, Rick Coglin. Rick, our 1 0 defeat here in the Australia Cup. Not quite what you're hoping for? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, disappointing result. I think, um, you know, all in all, we, we certainly. Played well, I think we created a number of chances. Disappointing to obviously not get on the score sheet and yeah, push them all the way, but yeah, disappointing. You had a lot of opportunities in the games at the point, looking back at it now, what might have been? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you get your chances, but you have to take them. And, and full credit to Sydney United, they were incredibly disciplined uh, defensively, they were very organised, they dealt with our threat. Um, you know, when their chances do fall, you have to take them, otherwise, you ruin them. That's, that's football. Um, looking back on the cup campaign, that's been a memorable. A memorable campaign. What's been the most memorable part for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think, look, tonight was fantastic to reach further than, than the club's ever got in its history. It's, it's a wonderful achievement and we would have loved to have built on, but it wasn't meant to be. Um, you know, look at the last couple of rounds was, a, like I said, incredible achievement. Great uh, great pride the club has of, of what we've done. So, yeah, we, we go again. And you've got the Cup semi-final next week now. Oh, the league semi-final against yeah. Gold Coast Knights. I think. What's your thoughts on, on that matchup down the Gold Coast? Yeah, look, it's, it's a great opportunity to bounce back from the disappointment of tonight. We know it's going to be a, another really tough test. Um, you know, they've had a, a wonderful season and yeah, very talented, organised squad. So, like I said, we'll put our head back down, try and go again uh, to training and, and bounce back. And sorry if the club hasn't won the grand final. That must be now a really big target. Of course. Yeah, look, a trophy's on the line. So, you know... The, the, the occasion is what, what draws you in the, the Australian Cup. Can you get to the semi? Can you do something magical? But really now there's a trophy on the line that we're going to go you know, all out for. Just, has this cup actually given you really good standing for the semi-finals given the cutthroat nature of the cup? Now you've got the finals. It's a good preparation in a way, isn't it? Yeah, look, I think 
massively competitive games are always going to be good for you leading into those sorts of games, those sorts of matchups. So, yeah, we can only draw good experiences from this. Like I said, I think we'll be beating ourselves up had we come away tonight saying we underperformed. You know, I think we played well, create a number of chances, and we'll look to build on that good next weekend. Tonight, and good luck in the finals this week. Thank you. And thank you to Rick Coglin for his time up there at AJ Kelly Park on Sunday evening. We'll move on now, Adam, to our MPL men's portion of the show. And we're going to continue on with Peninsula Power as we go through the final four games of the regular season. Starting to midweek, everyone from a round 18 matchup down on the Gold Coast. It was a 3-1 win for Peninsula Power over the Gold Coast United. Won't go through all the goal scorers, but it was a win which for Peninsula Power secured a top four position. And unfortunately for Gold Coast United meant that their, their late season push for the finals fell a couple of games short. But it was a good performance, good effort from Gold Coast, but they just weren't able to create the chances to get over the line against Peninsula Power, who were pretty solid in this game on Wednesday night. Yeah, I think I think also as well. I think Gold Coast United probably will feel um, as though both they they had a they had a, you know a specific run to get to get back in. We don't we don't even know if you know they they still have one part of the obstacle course left, and that was against the Sunshine Coast yesterday. But they they had they had to win to get the um, to you know, to get that shot. And yeah, it's just it's just fallen a bit short from the season. I think there's probably a couple of results that they would look back, not necessarily um, like relying on you know beating Peninsula Power to get that final shot of them. Um, I think there's a couple of results. So I guess obviously uh, losing both home and away to Logan. I think that's probably two results that they probably look at and go, yeah, well, I probably should have at least gotten something out of it. And that and then that semi final task might have been a little bit easier. But um, yeah, they, they they put up they put up a good fight and they, they took some big scalps on the on the way through to try and get to the um to the finals. But as you said, they just fell just uh, a couple of games short. So that that ended the top four element of the MPL race in the last few games. But the rest of the weekend was about the bottom of the table. Firstly, Gold Coast United did draw did finish their season with a nil or draw against Sunset Coast Wanderers on Saturday. So that ended their season for those two sides. The two games which were of a bit more consequence at the bottom end of the table. And we'll start off with the match at Cornubia Park between Logan Lightning and Brisbane City. And it was a 4-1 win for the visiting Brisbane City. A hat-trick from Kai Bolton and another goal from Yuta Hirayama. Cancelled out a Jacob Fulk penalty. There were actually three penalties in this game. Kai Bolton got two. Jacob Fulk won for Logan. But this result for Brisbane City was very good for them. We'll get to the table in a minute. But for Logan, unfortunately, this means that they will be dropping down and back into the FQPL for 2023. Yeah, look, uh, we'll talk about obviously the elephant in the room about that shortly. Um, I think we're going to have to unban that to, to make the point. But uh, I'll allow it this week. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, look, uh, Logan, look, they, they they were brave to the end. They 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 were brave to the end. Took some big scalps again along the way to even get to this point where it came down to you know 90 minutes to save this season. Um, I think unfortunately they ran into a side who is just as was just as determined to have a big finish of the season in Brisbane City. Um, I think you could probably, if if the draw sort of fall, felt a bit felt a bit differently, um, maybe maybe that you know the fortunes might have been different. But I think uh, at the end of the day, I think Brisbane City were determined to finish off the season with a bang. They they are in form. I think they've won five of their last six on the way in. And um, yeah, it was, it, I think it was just a bit too much, and that's our uh, penalty uh, was pretty much the um, was the death knell you know, just before half time. Absolutely. I think if the season had gone on another couple of weeks, Brisbane City may very well have forced their way into the top four, not to be for them at a great return to the MPL Queensland. Now, the game which we were at on Saturday, Adam, out at Heath Park between Eastern Suburbs and Gold Coast Knights. Now, the games were almost simultaneous, the two of them. We had the game on your iPad, and we had some very eager East officials leaning <laughs> over our shoulder watching that. It was also on in the clubhouse, and there were numerous cheers when City were scoring, but ultimately um, Eastern Suburbs making part, and they did the job themselves. A 2-1 win over Gold Coast. That's a pair of goals from Abraham Yango, cancelling out a goal from Austin Ludwig, and East never looked like losing this game, did they? They they were very very good. East, um, uh, like we, we don't we don't see them live too much. Uh, probably, like I said, if the sort of the football I threw up last night, I think uh, we might have to rethink that for season 2023 because uh, they were really good. Um, look, 
Gold Coast Knights, look, admittedly they weren't at their best, um, but I think a lot of that was also, you could tell the East come out and you know, they, they wanted the result. They they wanted that win. They didn't they didn't want to rely on Brisbane City getting the job done for them. They, they had to make a statement you know, against, you know, a against a Gold Coast night side that, you know, other than, you know, really, you know, getting beaten, beaten, you know, on the scoreboard, you know, badly, we're always there, we're going to finish second. That, uh, um, yeah, that I think East there, they, they deserve their win. And, you know, like I said, they they looked very, very good. Absolutely. And, again, East were very, very good. Gold Coast Knights, we'll get to the semifinals at the back end of the show, but a few concerns there for them is that they are, they are limping into the, the finals, it seemingly, at least to me, despite the fact the result meant they do secure a home final next week. Yeah, look, to be honest, uh, I, I know I come to comment to your time that you know if East had taken a few more of their chances in the first half, the, the equation was three or more goals. For if if uh, East had beaten Gold Coast Knights by three or more goals, their home fields would have shifted to Peninsula Power. So while at the end of the day, I think. Gold Coast Knights at the end defensively did enough to ensure, and the Austin Ludwig goal in the 70th minute pretty much saved that part. But um, yeah, you're right. I, I am concerned form-wise for Gold Coast Knights. They they like Olympic, uh, basically have fallen into the finals, and that you had a number of teams uh, in, in in the pack in the pack. Sort of, you know, if this season goes another couple of weeks. Look, they, they may have they might have actually caught them form wise, but um, look, I suppose at the end of the day, we always say that you know it's better to have the points on the board than you know and then chasing it. And look, and uh, by that virtue, uh, Gold Coast Knights and Olympic, who finished their season last week, even though their form leading in has been very very scratchy, it's a new it's a new season next week. It is. And speaking of teams who had points in the bank and weren't involved last night, Morton Bay United. Now you were. Uh, they, they never really got nervous to fall, did they? I mean, they're not, they're, the joke is they were not going to make the top four, but it never looked like last night the results were going to go in a way that they were going to find themselves in the relegation. What did it? it was always, it seemed like a pretty comfortable night for them. And the two results that had to happen, it never seemed like they were going to go that way. Uh, look, uh, I'll, I'll admit I, I cannot speak for a lot of the uh, Morton Bay faithful, but yeah, um, you are the unofficial voice of Morton Bay, not affiliated <laughs> with the club in any way whatsoever. Just for the record, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. But um, look, uh, look when when um, Kai Bolton's penalty went in, I think that was a sign uh, that you know what they were safe because even if the tide had turned against East, they were in the firing line. So I think at no stage there, and it obviously as well, even if. If uh, Logan had to come back, East were probably going to be the ones that were in trouble. So at the end of the day, you know, once once City get the front, I think it was relief. But again, it's uh, it is a bit unnerving, you know, that knowing that the hope that your fate was never in, was never in your hands. Uh, like I said, it's a very unusual situation because of the way the schedule has fallen this year. That you know, usually everyone's playing, and that you can control your own destiny to a certain point. This was completely out of Morton Bay's hands on, on, in this occasion. So, look, in a while, I'm glad that, you know, obviously they survive and will go again in 2023. As uh, And they are, of course, former champions in NPL. In fact, before we do go through the table, actually, we might as well talk about this elephant in the room now, and that is the relegation situation. So, at the bottom of the table, Logan do go down in 10th spot on 26 points. They are 10 points clear of the Brisbane Roar Academy on the table, however, due to the the exemption, which we've mentioned on the show a few times, it is Logan who will go down with Capalaba this year. And it's, it is very disappointing for a team which picked up 26 points and was so competitive for the majority of the season to go down. But that's unfortunately, based on the regulations, what has to happen. It is. Um, look, and, and, and uh, I think there might be an interview that you might want to uh, play before we, we sort of move on. Oh, sorry, I beg your pardon. No, I very much apologise. That's a very, very good point. We did catch up with the head coach of Instabuzz, David Booth, after the game. So that's what he had to say, and we'll be back right after this. We're joined by the coach of Instabuzz, David Booth. David, 2-1 winners here over Gold Coast. Don't you, just, you knew what you needed to do going into the game. I was really pleased with the way your side applied that from minute one. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, I think we played really well against them the last time down there, and we were full strength. We've had a few weeks... Um, possibly the last six weeks, where we haven't been able to put a full side on the park. And I think Gold Coast United last week, I had four at a wedding, really hard. But they knew the job that had to be done today, and it's, it, it was not about tactics or we've done the same thing all year. Um, it was about them digging deep and mentally 
and physically putting in for 90 minutes. And I think we did that. I think we controlled big parts of that game. So I'm really impressed, really impressed with them. You said you control large parts of the game. In terms of the results elsewhere, were you aware of what was happening or was it just you wanted to focus in on the game? Oh, I, thought, I was completely focused in on the yeah. game, but it's subconsciously. Um, I knew something was going on in the background and then I heard a cheer here with about 15 minutes to go. So I had a feeling that but we had to remain focused on that. Whether, no matter what happened in that game, we wanted to finish with a win here. I think we've underperformed in a few games, to be honest. We've been in control of games and let them go at the last minute. And I think the situation to have Easts, Morton Bay and Logan all in the position of relegation when there's a team, two teams below them, I think it's horrendous, personally. Um, but it puts a lot of pressure on people and it puts pressure on people to perform and I thought they were outstanding tonight. Can't screw you about that. In terms of the team, feels like had a young goalkeeper, young player in defence, all they performed really well for you. I'm really proud of the way the young guys stepped up. Mate, honestly, driving up here, I drove up with Matt and we talked about it. There's eight under-23s in that team at the moment. They're East under-23s players. Um, and then we've got you know Dan Cunha who's an older player and Sonny who's an older player but these are young kids that have come through this club and what a fantastic you know effort from them for the club previously this is their 100th year and these boys are a, a real sign of what they've done in the past we've been out like Connor Damza is just turned 18 that save he made at the end of that yeah. game was world class and he's a kid you know he's been brilliant our first keeper got hit by a car early in the season was out for three months and Connor stepped in. He's done an amazing job. I'm so proud of him. And just like you mentioned, this is East 100 years. This is a fantastic way to conclude those, um, this centenary year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the team talk, so before we went in the change room, went in the coaches room, we got some TVs in there. And we did, Matt put together a presentation and we spoke about it. it. This was really about what's happened to this club all through the year. We showed slides of the floods and the people that were helping in those floods and what it meant to this club to be Continuing in the NPL, like for me, is, is I'm, I'm so proud of what we've done this year. I do think we've underperformed because our goal was to be top four, um, but I'm really proud of what they've done and what we've done for the club. So. And thank you to David for his time out there at Eastern Suburbs on Saturday. And Adam for reminding me of that interview. I very much completely <laughs> forgot about that, but you're right. I forgot what was that. Now, so, yes, with the relegation, your thoughts on it. Sorry. Yeah, look, uh, I, look, and as you would have heard the interview from, from Dave as well, and this is the sort of the point that's. Uh, that you know, I sort of have have sort of fought fall on was that fact is that it is a darn shame that you know that even that Logan who eventually had been relegated, that East were in the firing line, that Morton Bay in the firing line, even to a point, you know, another week, something like a Sunshine Coast were even Sunshine Coast Wanderers who technically were still in there, even though that it would take an absolutely crazy result for them to be in trouble. But um yeah, for them to be relegated, and like I said, you're talking about teams that have won, you know, nine, eight and seven apiece games a season. Yeah, that, that's not, that should not be numbers for, to get relegated. However, it, it is, it is what it is. And then, and I know there's been a lot of talk and you now what, what does disappoint me a bit from, you know, a lot of people that, you know, that I guess are emotional about that. I understand that, you know, Logan, Logan supporters will be absolutely shattered. And I'm looking, I, I feel for him. I, I, I really do. But it, like I said, the whole raw bashing thing, which seems to be a, a sport at the moment, you know, given other events have gone on at the moment, and I guess general frustration with that club in general. Look, you got to you got to put the blame where it belongs. And and like I said, I refer back to David's interview with us. He's right. It's football Queensland that you know that enacted this. Like I said, they're the ones that it's their competition. There's no point slandering Brisbane Raw, even if they went and asked football Queensland for that. They still have the right to say no, and and you know at the end of the day, we as fans, yes, we're we're all disappointed. I absolutely disagree with the with the rules. I think that the raw should be should be you know should be you know, up, up for relegation like any other club. However, at the end of the day, we as fans, we our voices singularity don't matter. It's the clubs that have it. And these, these rules have been placed for years. So if, if obviously the, if the clubs haven't put up a stand or if football, if they have gone out and football clean said, no, we're going down this way, then they need to explain it. I know it's unfortunate. It, it really is not a great look, uh, especially when it is involving the Raw, who, like I said, their brand at the moment is copying an absolute almighty hammering. And this is just one more thing that's on. But like I said, lay blame where it belongs, if you can call it blame. Like, and like I said, I understand. Yeah, like I said, I really feel sorry for Logan. You know, they they, they were good this season. They had a, you know, a great cup run. You know, it was, you know, excitement. All that. And I, I feel sorry for, you know, James Coots and all the players that, you know, that, you know, like I said, this season's finished like this and they've been relegated. But, you know, like I said, I know people want to blame, put, just lay blame where it belongs. 
Yeah, we might deal with the raw bashing stuff on the next full edition of the Brisbane Football Review with James. So stay tuned for all of that. But in the meantime, we'll go through the NPL men's standings where Lions FC did finish the league top of the table on 51 points. Had a Gold Coast Knights 39, Peninsula Power 39, Olympic 38. That was the top four. Then it was Brisbane City 33, Gold Coast United 32, Eastern Suburbs 31, Sunset Coast Wanderers 30, Morton Bay 28, Logan 26, Brisbane Royal Academy 16, and Capalabar on just the five points. And the Golden Boot also goes out to Lions, Adam, with Alex Fechner taking out that award this year on 24 goals, ahead of Andy Pengeli on 18 and Ante Poliak 17. So plenty to cheer about all around out there at the Gold Line. Yeah, look, they um, on the on the table, they've been the best team of the year. Uh, they, they're attacking-wise. Let me just double-check to make sure my facts are right. So as I slide over... Yep, and also as well, they've scored the most goals by an absolute mile uh, this season. So, yeah, it's no surprise that they fill uh, places one and two in the Golden Boot. So, congratulations to Alex Fechner. Absolutely. Congratulations to Alex Fechner on that award there. We'll move on to the NPL Women's Now. Adam Round 17 got underway at the game, which we were at between Eastern Suburbs and Morton Bay United. A 4-0 win for the home side. This one, two goals from Lauren Askin, one for... Mayor Bruckner and one for Sophie Pearson. And this was a game which was pretty much never in doubt for Eastern Suburbs. They had a lot of chances and they were quite clinical in this game and they thoroughly deserved their win. Playing like a team that's uh, destined for finals, they, they were very good East. Um, look, Morton Bay, they're, um, yeah, unfortunately, they're, they're probably one game away from uh, being relegated. I think it's just not happening from this season. Uh, injuries have, wrecked, have pretty much wrecked their season. Uh, like I so said, they've got, they've got a couple of good players coming back, but yeah, I think it's, it's too little too late, and I think this result pretty much can, condemns them to relegation, considering they play Team 2 Gold Coast United and uh, the other team that uh, have already claimed the silverware for this season, the final two weeks. Yeah, I think I think uh, they. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be relegation for them, unfortunately. It does look that way, unfortunately. But they are a very good side, Morton Bay. You know, in terms of the players that they have, they've got a couple of players in that side who've played A League women's football in the past as well, and a couple of players who've been very, very handy at this level as well. So it's a very good team. But to your yeah. point, injuries have just completely ravaged that side and prevented them from getting their best team out on the field on a consistent basis this year. And unfortunately, it does appear, barring a couple of wins over the top two, that they may very well find themselves finishing at the foot of the table. Yeah, that's look, that's, that's what comes down to that I just think, yeah, they, 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 they start the game with only three on, on the bench. Uh, yeah, as I said, it's just... Yeah, it's just not their season. It's season, I said, they uh, pro-prepare for life in uh, FQPL women's next season. Absolutely. Elsewhere around the ground, from round 17 in the NPL women's, it was a 3-0 win for Gold Coast over the Sunshine Coast. Once Annabelle Gibson, Nadine Keast and Charlotte Adamson on the score sheet for Gold Coast in that one. It was also a 3-0 win at home for South United over Olympic FC. Goals from Amy Morland, Rikitano and Bella Habuda. And the final game, Adam, a 5-0 win Four Lions over Capella, two goals from Mariel Hecker, one for Amy Gunston, one for Tegan Thompson, and one for Tegan Riding. And there was nil all at half time, and then Lions wreaked havoc in the second half, as we know they are clearly capable of doing. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty scary that they just, yeah, nil all, Capella in, in their contest, and then in a flash, they put five on them. And that's, uh, yeah, well, look, what, what more can we say about this? Uh, this, this Lions women's team, uh, and, that, and that's uh, like Capalabar, who are you know a top four team, and have, again have got the players to probably match them. But um, yeah, they just they just really sort of you know put the hammer down, and yeah, like I said, it, pro- it probably didn't they probably didn't deserve a five nil. So I, admittedly, I didn't see the game, uh, I didn't see the second half especially. But uh, yeah, when you're reading like nil all half time to five nil, yeah, that's uh, yeah something. There's something sort of you now has really gone on there, and I think it's more a case of Lions just absolutely merciless. You also what can we say about Lions? We can talk about that they have a cup final on Friday against uh, you know, both sides tuned up with good wins this weekend. What are your thoughts on that matchup briefly in terms of the um, the Kappa Women's Super Cup final? Lions FC against Sash United Friday night out there at Goodwin Park in Yoronga should be a fantastic occasion. The second Kappa Women's Super Cup final. It's Fair to say, Lions will start favourites, but South and I do have the players on the day who can cause them problems. Players like Rika Tano and Bella Habuda, for example. 
I think it comes down to South will the players are selecting the game will have to play the absolute games of their lives and perhaps force Lions to sort of be a bit under par. I think you know, maybe the, the, the disruptive game plan that QIS sort of showed the way the way as far as you know put pressure on them. Look at his cup final. Uh, cup finals they are a different animal now, and if, especially if South can grab a couple of you know, early goals and really put pressure on Lions, uh, then I think they're they're a shot. But uh, yeah, look if they if they come under underdone or like I said because their uh, South League season's now over. That this this is this is their last game of the season. Oh, sorry, I should say the regular season. I should say. Uh, no, so, well, they're, they're not. It could certain. be their last game of the season. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, like I said, they, they, it might be depending on finals. But like I said, I think at the stage, I think they'll be looking at the last game finals come out. You know, so so be it. But uh, but yeah, look, look if they if Lions you know, go on top early and score first, yeah, I, th- I think it might be game over fairly quickly. I think that's that's real all. But you know, like cup finals. Look, you, you just like yeah, as you said, you're right. Lions are are favourites and heavy and we heavy favourites, but look, you just never know. Never what happens in a couple. Hopefully, two things happen. One, it's a good game, and two, no players injure themselves badly like we saw oh. last year. That was a horrific injury. Wow, yeah. Hopefully, nothing like that happens again this year. We'll go to the table now in the MPL. We went to our Lions FC, our top of the table, and Premier's on 43 points ahead of Gold Coast United 25, East 24. South United 23, Capalabar 23, then it's Sunshine Coast 18, Olympic 14, QAS 11, and Morton Bay on 9. So your point, Adam, about South United now, they've got, their regular season is finished, but they currently are in the top four. And just to show you how tight it is in the top four race, Capalabar a week ago were sitting second, but by virtue of their loss yeah. and Gold Coast East and South winning, they've gone from second and hosting a, a semi-final to now being outside of the top four race and needing a result in their final game to get back into the top four. So it's very tight between teams two to five on the table. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, you're right. You just reminded me that Lions Capalabar game going into that was marked as 1v2. And now Capalabar's sitting fifth. So we, we've said it for weeks that this, uh, the, the top, the race for the final spots alongside Lions is always going to be fascinating. It is going to come down to the final week. Uh, I, I have to check to see who Capalabar have got. They on are the playing way. Sancho Coast Wanderers away from home in their final game. Yeah. Uh, you expect Capalabar to to get the points there, but look, Sunshine Coast at home are, are, are very formidable. So maybe it's not it's not all over just yet for uh, for South, and also as well that five nil loss as well has really hurt Capalabar's uh, goal difference. That's actually what has put them outside of the top four currently. It is actually on goal difference to South United. South are on plus three, Capalabar now on minus four. So a point in that last game would be enough. But to your point, that's a very tough place to go yeah. needing a result. Yeah, like I said, I think, yeah, going back, go into this weekend, just, just really, yeah, like I said, uh, South had, a, as you said, a 3 0 win over Olympic, a uh, 5 0 loss. And all of a sudden, yeah, Capalabar actually have to go and get something. Yeah, at Ballinger Park in two weeks' time. And that's, uh, as I said, that's not going to be easy. Let's see what happens. There's only catch-up games played next week due to giving the cup final standalone fixture priority. So we'll see what happens in two weeks in the final round of the MPL Women's. We'll move on to round 20 of the FQPL Women's now. Adam, where Mitchell and SC have been promoted to the MPL Women's Queensland for 2023. A three-run win at home over the gap was enough to secure that promotion. And it's been a very attack-minded team this year, and they've been a brilliant side to watch. No use in them play a couple of times in person, and they well and truly deserve their promotion, not just because of Kaylee Proofer, but the whole team's played really well. I'm looking forward to see how they go back in the MPL next year. Yeah, uh, look, Mitchelton have been good, have been, uh, have been very, very good this season. I think defensively they've been a bit, um, a bit, you know, a bit of a concern at times, but overall, like that, that front six of theirs is, is as good as any, as good as any in the uh, MPL at the moment, and. Look, if they if they can recruit uh, a couple of you know key defenders uh, for for next season, I wouldn't I wouldn't put past them that they could actually make a real dent in in uh, MPL next season in a 10, 10 team competition. So, look, congratulations to Tony Skinner and his entire team for uh, getting up there, getting up and getting uh, 
getting promotion uh, behind and uh, will also have the home field advantage in the final series. So they, they'll avoid pinch of power, at least for the first week. That grand final could be very, very interesting. You know, we talk about fi- final matches and how that could turn out. Um, look, if they come out like they did against pinch of power last week, but at least hold the lead and hold their nerve in, in a grand final situation, that could be very, very interesting. But look, Michelin have to, have to get to the have to get the grand final. So do Peninsula Power. But you know, if if that's the way it falls, uh, yeah, look, it is going to be a very very good uh, good game. Obviously, we heard earlier from Dave Booth about how they used what happened earlier in the year with the floods and everything about the hundredth year celebration as a bit of motivation for to get the, their result against Gold Coast. Same for Mitchell. It's been a really really tough twelve months. Seven. It's great to see a club like Mitchell have a have a night like that last night where they can really celebrate a successful moment. At the back end, it's been a really tough 12 months. I'm so really happy for everyone out there at Mitchell to have that moment celebrating a side getting themselves promoted. And hopefully they do quite well in the NPL as well next year. Elsewhere in round 20, Virginia went to Western Pride and won by two goals to nil, whereas Peninsula Power beat Brisbane City 1-0. So the race for the top four is really heating up now with Brisbane City, obviously they lost last night against Peninsula Power, but that's a pretty good result to only lose 1-0 away to the Premier's. Western Pride, they're really falling into a hole, aren't they? And if they are going to make the top four, they're going to stumble into it the way it's looking at the moment because their form has dipped in the last few weeks. Yes, it has. Uh, no, that, is, that is a cause uh, for concern uh, for them because uh, I think that they're, they're still they're still shot. Even They're only one point ahead of uh, both Brisbane City and Virginia. And I believe that, you know, with results going a certain way, they, they could miss out altogether uh, come the final round in two weeks' time. Absolutely. It's, it's been a very, very tight this race for the final spots in the FQPL. There's only one full round left to play, and Western Pride do play away to the gap. Brisbane City are at home to Mitchelton, and South, and sorry, Virginia are away to the Thunder. So you'd say Western Pride have the easiest of the three games there, but the form they're in... Uh, it's not inconceivable that they may drop points there. And if they do, the way that Brisbane City and Virginia are playing at the moment, they may very well win their last games and get in. But it's a very fascinating battle between the two those three sides. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, I know the gap are relegated if I, if I, uh, two draws a season. But look, uh, as we always say, the, the most dangerous teams sometimes are teams that got nothing to play for. And the, and the gap certainly you know, fall, falls into that. Look, I, I like I said, we could also sort of expect that you know Western Pride could you know get the job done and you know and put a decent score on on them because those are they they have got that capability. But um yeah, their their form going to the finals is very very worrying. Uh, and I think that in two in two weeks' time, I think they really need to you know sort of you know come back at least you know get that result and perhaps use some of that momentum because you know on paper they are good enough to even match it with. You know, a peninsula power, much less, you know, Michelin, who they'll, who, if they get the win, that's who they'll face uh, at Toralba Park in the first round of the finals. So, on paper, they are capable, but the form at the moment has just been absolutely, um, has just been absolutely terrible. I don't, I can't put any other words to that. Let's see what happens in a couple of weeks' time in the final round of the FQPL 1 women's the final game of the round. a 2 0 win for South of Queensland Thunder over Logan Lightning. To the table is as follows. Peninsula Power, they are promoted in the Premiers on 54 points. Mitchelton also promoted on 40 points. But then it's Western Pride, 34. Brisbane City, 33. Virginia, 33. Those three sides are battling out for spot in the finals. Then it is Southwest Queensland Thunder, 16. Logan, 14. And the gap relegated on just the two points. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. Adam, in the last final day of the, of the MPL and FQPL Women's in a couple of weeks' time, Plenty of very interesting storylines to follow there in those last couple games of the season. And the beauty of it all is that it is all simultaneous kickoffs as well. So uh, that that could be a very, very interesting afternoon. I believe four o'clock kickoff uh, in two Sundays time uh, for for those uh, for those t- uh, those games in FQPL women's. And uh, yeah, look, three games that are very, very live. Absolutely. We'll now move on to FQPL on the men's side. We'll start off with FQPL 1, and we'll go through the, the final round. Then we might preview the semifinals as well. But starting off with the games that were played over the weekend from round 19, Roadstyle Rovers, a 3-1 win 
over Magpies, because as we'll get into the news of the week with Magpies in just a moment. But on the field, it was a 3-1 win for Rosto Rovers. Goal from Sam Rigard, Marek Madley, and Alex Worley cancelling out the goal from Jaden Ballarizo. It's a win which Rochdale probably gives them good form going into the finals. They were already locked in to second, but it left Magpies sweating it out in terms of trying to see if they would make the finals. And unfortunately for them, they did not make the finals. It was a 1-0 win for South Queensland Thunder today over Mitchelton. Late goal from Nick Edwards gave them the win and fourth spot. So probably not the best week for Magpies, but a good result for South Queensland Thunder, who are back in the finals once again. I'll leave you late. 87th minute for... 87th minute winner for uh, Nick Edwards is what puts uh, put, uh, Southwest Queensland Thunder in uh, the finals. And they will go for their third shot at a third shot at a grand final uh, in FQPL1. So, um, look, uh, it's death. I say it's unfortunate that uh, Magpies Crusaders, you know, they, were, they were probably three minutes plus stoppage time away from, you know, a, you know, a finals appearance. But, uh, yeah, look, uh, Thunder take... They will jump into fourth, and they will face uh, Redlands in the first round of the finals next week. Absolutely. They will go through the finals in just a moment. First, we do need to talk about the news of the week, which is that Magpies mm. Crusaders' participation in the NPL on the FQPL for next year, unfortunately for them, will not be renewed. That came out from Football Queensland on Monday morning. Adam, it's a, it's a result, which means that they, the Magpies Crusaders will be removed from the FQPL pyramid down here in the FQPL on Thursday. They will return to the FQPL with Sunday Coast League, correct? Yes. So that's where they'll be playing next year. Your initial reaction to that news? Uh, look, it, it's 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 disappointing. It, it, it is it is disappointing that you know it's come to this. Uh, look, I think Magpies Crusaders that obviously is is a trip that I know a lot of a lot of players and a lot of you know coaches enjoy going up, up there, both in, in the NPL days as well as in FQPL. Uh, it's obviously a good chance uh, for you know team bonding as far as well. And look, you know Magpies Crusaders, you know they're very they're very well supported. They're a, for most part a very well run club. Uh, probably probably. Uh, a lot better than a lot of clubs down here, but uh, look, the tyranny of distance is what has uh, you know really made made it difficult uh, for a difficult decision as well. And obviously, with football Queensland in their uh, football, uh, their future football uh, paper, obviously, you know, really so going to the regionalised system. Uh, look, I think I think you know we saw this coming, but. I don't think we ever believed it was going to come because obviously we like Magpies Crusaders were seen as sort of the number one pathway for players in that region to, to be exposed to, you know, obviously the, the, the top competitions here in Queensland. And with them gone, there are questions now about what that pathway, uh, pathway entails. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, it's disappointing. But look, I sort of understand the way why this has happened. Again, don't agree with it. But I'm willing to sort of, you know, accept that, you know, what this, that there, there might be, you know, like this might be sort of a course of action that probably was, you know, unavoidable given sort of the way that Football Queensland are trying to govern the, um, govern sort of the, the uh, football in the state. Before I give you my thoughts, I will read the statement from Football Queensland. Oh, the first paragraph, anyway, it says that following ongoing discussions with the club, Football Queensland today, Monday last week, has confirmed that. With the conclusion of the current five-year license period, the Mackay and Whitsunday's Magpies Coast United Football Club will not continue to participate in the Southeast Queensland Conference of the Football Queensland Premier League One FQPL One beyond 2022. So there's still sounds like FQPL One is going to be a statewide thing, but Magpies will not be in the Southeast Queensland Conference of that. And my thoughts on that, Adam, are I can understand it to a point, but. It seems like everyone south of Gympie has a pyramid to get to the top of football in this state, and everybody above that geographically is where. What's the where do you if you're an aspirational club or a successful club, where do you go? So look at teams like Edgefield United, Magpies were just in the Australia Cup this year, for example. Teams like Frenchville across the ways, Brothers Towns, all these teams which have done really well locally, building something quite nicely, potentially have aspirations to get further up the pyramid. Where do they go? And don't even start me on this FQPL Champions League nonsense where the <laughs> Brisbane team gets themselves automatically into the final and everyone else battles it out for the privilege to play against them. Don't, that's nonsense. That's, if that's the answer, that's that's utter junk. But there has to be a pyramid and a pathway for these teams to get to the top of the state, doesn't it? Because uh, isn't the whole... We're getting to the point where we're talking about second division nationally. 
And the whole point of that is to open up the pyramid for aspirational clubs up and down the country to get to that second division and one day potentially get out of there and into the A-League. How do these teams do that? They can't. They can't get to the top level of football in Queensland. So how do they get to a second division if they're good enough? It just, I, it just doesn't seem to fit in with what the national plan at the moment is for for opening up the pyramid. It just seems like at the moment, up north, yes, they'll probably put a lot of money into development and grassroots in in and around northern northern part of the state, and that's that's fine. But the clubs themselves have no path to the top of the top of the tree, and that's something I would like to see at least the opportunity for these clubs to be able, to, if they can do it, to have their chance to do so. Look, I, I think where I, I sort of look at it, and look, and no, I, I agree. I think what you're saying absolutely is valid because it does, it does in isolation. It does sound like oh, you're chucking out the one link to the big, the bigger competitions as far as you know, and potentially one day being the you know the pathway up the pyramid to you know the professional game. So it does sound. Like, the way I sort of I, I look at it as that I think all the but there is a bigger. It must be a bigger picture to this. There must be a bigger picture. This might be just a small piece of the puzzle that ha- that hasn't been um, that has been announced, but within the context of a much larger puzzle. And I think you're right. I think that the the, the FQPL Champions League may play a part in it, but I think the the one the competition format for this season is only for this season. Like I, I think I think this season it's it's a joke to be honest. That you know that basically that you know Redlands. I would say are going to have a straight path to another trophy in that, you know, as it stands. Unless there's more detail that I've missed, but the, the key wording in that statement that I found interesting was FQPL FQPL one South East Queensland Conference. Now, does that mean that which Sunday Coast or you know which Sunday Coast well, or Central Northern Queensland? Central Coast and South East Queensland? Yeah, so, the three are, regions. So they, I assume they... they fit into the northern. Yeah, so are they now designated? Because at the moment, I think they're designated FQPL three or FQPL four or something like that. Are they now FQPL one? No, that's that's a question that you know I have that you know, maybe. And then obviously, then that all feeds back to that Champions League. But again, I, I don't think that's the answer because even so, unless that Champions League is a similar competition to the other Champions Leagues that we see continentally, like only seeing a Southeast Queensland club once in a year. I don't know that, that that constitutes as a a pyramid. So look, I've got a feeling as well that you know there might be more at play, and maybe this is just a placeholder, you know, for the next couple of years. It may have to do with maybe the national second division as well. The way that's going to be, way that's going to be featured. Um, I think there's much more questions than answers about this. But like I said, in the meantime, the collateral damage is that we've lost a club like Magpies Crusaders. Look, I hope they continue on and continue to be, you know, the well-run club that they are now, despite the fact that they've been downgraded to their local competition. I'd love to see them do what Edge Hill do and what Brothers Towns will do and absolutely dominate and and absolutely do not leave, you know, the mindset of, you know, of everyone in the state saying, you know, they are a force we reckon with. And also as well, you know, as far as get back to the, to the um, Australia Cup next year. Now, I think that should be the aim for that. I, I just got a feeling that there's more to this than just a case of, oh, we don't like you because you're from Mackay and we're chucking you out. I, I, I can't believe that an organisation would actually be that short-sighted. Yeah, I'll, and that's I, and that's and certainly I, not what I'm saying. Don't yeah, no, no, I'm not saying you're but, saying that. I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't want to, I don't want people to think that, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I'm fully supportive of what, you know, Football Queensland are doing or anything like that. You know, I, I'm, I'm sucking up to them or anything like that. I'm just calling it as I see it at the moment. I just think there's something bigger going on at the moment as far as like with respect to the national second division I mean, with, with the way that, you know, obviously the Queensland, you know, club competitions are being framed. We may not get the answers in 2022. We may not, we may get more of an answer going to next year or the year beyond that. So, uh, yeah, like, but in the meantime, yes, it is unfortunate. And I, I wish uh, Magpies Crusaders all the best uh, going forward. Yeah, if there is more to it, I look forward to seeing what that is. But at the moment, it looks like it's a very difficult path for anyone up there to try and get to that level. We'll have to wait and see what does happen. I echo your thoughts. Thank you for the memories. Magpies Crusaders, look forward to seeing what they do in the Sunday League next year, and hopefully we do see them back on the national stage as well. We'll go through the table now, the final standings in FQPL 1 for 2022. Redlands 
finished top of the table on 47, ahead of Rochdale, 45, Brisbane Strikers, 33, South Queensland Thunder, 32. Those four sides will play semi-final football next week. Then it is Magpies, 31, Western Pride, 28, South Eagles, 28, Suns of Coast Fire, 23, Caboolture, 21, Mitchelton, 19, and Ipswich Knights relegated to FQPL 2 on 11 points. And the winner of the Golden Boot in FQPL 1 is Guy Santana of Redlands on 17, and Marek Madley for 16, and Michael Lyle of Magpies on 14. We'll look at the semi-finals in the FQPL now, Adam, before we go to FQPL 2. The, those Sorry, just, just one, just one yep. more point I just want to make about Magpies Crusades as well, is that with them being removed, obviously there, there was a massive shake-up as well. This is probably the other big story of the week that's just gone about how the a promotion and relegation has for FQPL 1 and FQPL 2. And, and also as well, uh, FQPL 3 as well. We should not forget about them as well. And we'll talk about FQPL 2 and FQPL 3 shortly. But uh, yeah, the um, with Magpies Crusaders being removed, uh, that now means that the much-vaunted playoff uh, between 10th place uh, 10th place in Football Queensland in FQPL 1, which was Mitchelton, who ended up being after their loss today, uh, they, they are now safe. So uh, Ipswich Knights have been relegated, but uh, yeah, Mitchelton no longer have to play the playoff game against what would have been the third place team in FQPL 2. And we'll get to who that would have been hypothetically in a moment. But firstly, the two semi-finals in FQPL 1. It is Redlands United playing host to South West Queensland Thunder and then Brisbane Strikers travelling to Underwood Park to take on Rotor Rovers. Now, we'll go through these matchups quickly, Adam. In the in the regular season this year, between Redlands United and South West Queensland, South West Queensland Thunder, if I can get, get my words out, it was a win for Redlands and a draw. So four points out of six this year for Redlands, and they're at home against South Queensland Thunder. You'd have to say they'll start pretty warm favourites to get through to a grand final, although Thunder did come from a similar spot last year away to Rochdale and swore the party there, and they'll fancy their chances doing so once again. What are your thoughts upon this matchup pretty quickly? Absolutely, I think Redlands start favourite, but they'd be wary of uh, South Queensland Thunder, who they'll get Captain uh, Mirko Crociati back, I believe, for the semi-final match after he was suspended today. So, um, so yeah, look, I, I expect Redlands to probably do the job. They've, they've, been, they've been good all year, but then again, you know, it's semi-final football. Absolutely. And the other game is Rochester Rose playing host to Brisbane Strikers. Earlier in the year, it was a 4-3 win at Underwood Park for Rochdale in a high-scoring contest. The other game was a 1-0 win for Strikers. So a home win each there for both those sides. This is a – it seems like a pretty tight matchup between the two. And I think I think it'll go to form for the home side. But I wouldn't be surprised if this goes all the way to 120 minutes and maybe to penalties. I think this will be a pretty tight matchup. There's some – Big game players in in this in this game, you know. Like I said, you, you look at lo- you look at the likes of Marek Madley, um, you know, and, and players like that. Alex Warrelow as well, uh, you know, you know, Inka Kahinde. Those sort of players have had NPL experience. No NPL experience have played in finals football. And then on the other side for strikers, you've got Luke Borian and uh, and Jordan Farina. We all know, you know, their their histories as well. So there's some big game players. In this, uh, look, I think home field advantage probably gives Rochdale an edge. But again, um, look, if, if if we're here next week saying strikers are into the grand final, look, it wouldn't shock me either. It'll be two very interesting FQP on semi-finals due to be played next week. Keep an eye out early in this week to find out exactly the times of when they're going to be played. Don't know 100% yet, but should be two good games this weekend. We'll look at FQPL 2 now, Adam. There was only one game played in the last... Seven days. It was a catch-up game between Albany Creek, Excelsior, and Magic Knight. It turned out to be a five-moment for Albany Creek. It's two goals for Alistair Russell, Carter Glockner, Max Fryer, and Josh Masters, also on the score sheet. And we thought this was a game Albany Creek needed to win to ensure an automatic promotion spot. Now, that ultimately changed to what you spoke about earlier. They ended up finishing second anyway, Albany Creek. They got them to the home semi-final, and they're looking like they're going to be a chat. The, the team was team we thought earlier in the year that Albany Creek were going to be, seems that they're just tuning up nicely to be a really dominant force in this semi-final series coming up. 
Caleb Glockton's return really sort of, you know, gives them a lot more firepower as well. I know Ali Russell, obviously, getting on the score sheet uh, as well. He he went, sort of went a bit quiet as well, sort of, you know, in their, their let, let's call it form slump to a point. You know, but that's, you know, when you finish second in the league, it's, it's really, no, not too, not too bad. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're coming good at the right time. And, uh, yeah, look, they... they they were at one point. They were, they were looking like missing everything uh, as far as uh, as far as you know, promotion, you know, promotion as well as a home final and you know, you know, a big win over Magic Nine. They get both, but like I said, that they didn't need to worry too much about the promotion side because they got taken care of, uh, for them uh, earlier in the week. Absolutely. So the final season FQPL two service service Apollo fifty five Albany Creek forty three and Wynnum Wolves who would have played that playoff against Mitchell, and they are all promoted. Yeah. Winnable's finishing on 42. So that's the top three. Sanford Rangers round out the top four below on 37. Then it's Holland Park Hawks 31, South 30, Grange 27, North Star 27, Tringa 26, Magic 24, and the relegated duo of Coomera on 17 and Virginia on 12. So that's the final standings in FQPL 2. And the golden boot winner is Adam Preordain, I think in about early April is... Teddy Watson on a Service Paradise on 28, ahead of Olavo Santos, 25, and then Ali Russell on 15. So that's the top three. And good to see one of your predictions about the uh, Golden Boot came to fruition, although it got a bit tight towards <laughs> the end there, Adam. Yeah, it's, uh, not, it's not the way you want to see a short price favourite, in my in my opinion. Uh, yeah, get the win, but he got the win. He didn't and did it pretty much in the first half of the season. Look, uh, I love Santos. You know, a great job. You know, on a, a team that sort of obviously is struggling for form and you know ultimately relegated. So the fact that he uh, that he was able to you know, pick up twenty five goals was an exceptional effort. And I don't think we've heard the last of him in the uh, in the Premier Leagues. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's like I said, but in the end, no, no surprise that, you know, Teddy Watson and, you know, getting golden boot on what was, like I said, part of an 85 goal season for Surface Paradise. Absolutely. It's a couple of very good goals because I agree with you. I think Olavo Santos will certainly be back at this level of the game, if not higher. The semifinals to be played will be Surface Paradise Apollo playing host to Sanford Rangers and then Albany Creek hosting Winter Wolves. Those matchups. Um, so when they played this year, Surf Paris Apollo, two wins out of two over Sanford Rangers, a 5-3 win away from home, then a 10-1 win at home down there on the Gold Coast. It's a pretty tough trip for Sanford. They've done well to make the top four, but they'll do even better again if they're able to get themselves through this tie. This is a really tough spot to go down to Surf Paradise side, who we've seen play a couple of times now. We know how good they are, and I think they'll be very much keen to finish the job off on Alex Morrison this year, getting the championship to go with promotion and the premiership. Yeah, look, uh, you believe in fairy tales, but yeah, this is going to be it's one that, you know, that would be very, very tough. Uh, look, it's sort of, I, I, I never write, in a semi-final situation, I never completely write any team off, but uh, yeah, look, Sanford would have to play the games of their lives and Surface Paradise, you know, basically, you know, it would, you'd almost need an inquiry to see how badly they would need to play to make this uh, tie, especially on the Gold Coast. If, it's, if this was at Sanford Parklands, you know, I'd probably give them a bit more of a chance, but uh, away from home, uh, long road trip down to the Gold Coast, yeah, I can only really see one one result, I'm, I'm sorry to say. The other matchup's quite interesting. It's the Albany Creek playing host to win on Wolves. So, so they played twice, the Albany Creek with a 4-2 win the first time. A two-all draw when they most recently played, and you say Albany Creek start favourites. I've just said before that they're coming in the finals quite nicely, but so too are Winner Wolves. Their form line in the last few weeks, they've really picked up. They've gone from a mid-table FQPL two side, and they've really found a lot of a lot of wins late, and they look like they've got plenty of goals. And Ren Yoshioka and Byron McLeod in particular have scored a lot of goals in the last month or month and a half. They've got strike power this side. They've also got the experience of Graham Fife. So I think this is this. Could, I think this matchup might be one of the most interesting of the weekend in terms of if you're looking for a side who's not who's away from home at maybe getting a result, this could be one of the, the favourites to do so. This is going to be a good game. This is going to be a good game of football. That, that, that I know, Albany Creek, yeah, they, they've had the sort of the yips on the way home, like a, a good win over over Magic United on the road. at It was actually at the Croatian Sports Centre um, on, on Saturday night. 
uh, to sort of seems to correct that. But look, Wynnum Wall's form line, you know, getting back into 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 second spot, and they were they were a long way out of this, uh, like this race. So I think actually, if you were said, you know. Two, two to three months ago, that you know, Wynnum Walls actually finished the third spot. You'd almost say, "Oh, they they take it," but they've they've really come come back, um, really come back and sort of you know, they said they they've obviously also been promoted, so they'll be you know, obviously thinking ahead to FQPL one next season. But as far as this final series goes, this it's going to be close. I look, I would not be shocked if this goes all the way to penalties. Uh, this like two sides, I think, are very, very evenly matched, and it might be a case of, you know, they take the opportunities on the night, and we'll see who wins. That is the FQPL one, FQPL two wrap for this week. Before we wrap up the show, we haven't done our MPL men's semi final yet. We left through yet, and we left this to the end specifically. So we'll go through them now. Lions SC they will host. Olympic FC date time to be confirmed in that one. The other one is Gold Coast Knights playing host to Peninsula Power. We'll go through the the first of those matchups first. So this year, Lions FC three one winners at home over Olympic, and then three two winners away from home most recently. And both those matchups, as fair as say, Lions have dominated quite comfortably. The Olympic have any tricks up their sleeve that they could potentially bring out the bag to to get to. Arrest that slide in the last couple of matchups against the Adam, or do you think this could be another another win on the way for Lions to another grand final? The first twenty minutes are going to be absolutely crucial in this. I've got, I've got to believe, despite their sort of their run of outs lately, Olympic, they are going to go to Lions Stadium and they are going to go the ambush. That I think that I've got to believe that they're going to come out firing. It will be up to Lions to sort of to to you know repel that and perhaps even you know hit them on the counter early and and you know sort of you know sort of put put the game to bed early. I think this game is going to be decided very early on. There's just something about these two sides. No, ma- no matter what the form is, no matter what is going on, I, I think that we are in for you know, yet another chapter in this storied modern rivalry between Lions and Olympic. It's probably one that you get to go, whether you can get to get to the gold line or watch on, on FQTV, it, it's going to be a game you know, that is going to be worth watching because I think, you know, I th- I do think Lions should win, but oh look, it's Olympic. Yeah. The, the side they've got, you just never know. And with two weeks off, they're, they're able to refresh. They could could get some troops back. Um, yeah, you just never know what could happen. And th- this game, I think the story is going to be written very very early about which which direction goes and who goes on to the grand final. Yeah, what should happen and what actually does happen in this fixture mm. are quite often two very very different things. It also is the the fifth successive year these two sides have met in the final series. Three of those in grand finals. One was a semi-final, and if you're looking for a bit of history, it was actually the semi-final of those games, which Olympic did win. So maybe history could repeat itself. Let's see what happens in the semi-final one next week. Semi-final two will be down on the Gold Coast at the Croatian Sports Center. Again, time and date to be confirmed. But it will be Gold Coast Knights playing host to Peninsula Power. Now, these sides have played twice this year. The first of those matchups we were at, Adam, was a 1-0 win. Four minutes of our early goal from Monte Poliak gave power the win in that one before he switched teams in the mid-year transfer window. The second game was a 2-1 win for Gold Coast over Peninsula Power down there on the Gold Coast. So two very evenly matched sides. And again, I think this could be another matchup that goes all the way to extra time and beyond between these two. They fin- they finished uh, in equal like uh, equal points thirty nine points uh, a season. Like I said they they um they traded wins uh, at home. Ah, uh, look, this is this is this type. This one, this one is going to be, you know, I, I got a feeling it's going to be one nil, a bit of magic, or you know, a bit of stupidity is going to is going to decide this. These are, these are two good sides. Um, look, potential power do also own a cup win, cup cup win over them in in the qualifiers. Again, that was up at at uh, AJ Kelly. So I think it was again, round five, correct? Yeah, it was. That, that was the, probably the marquee matchup in round five where, you know, potential power, you know, beat them. And obviously, we've seen what they've done in, in the cup. Uh, so, so yeah, look, it, it's going to be tough. I, again, I do worry about uh, Gold Coast Knights' form. Uh, they didn't really sh- show me too much uh, against East uh, last night that, you know, did fill me with confidence. But then again, it is it is a semi final, you know, at, at home. Like you can never you ride off Gold Coast Knights at, at your own peril. So look, this is, as usual, you know, the MPL final series is going should deliver, and I think it's going to be a blockbuster game, both both games. 
of Denise, who I haven't met once before in the NPL semi finals. It was also on the Gold Coast, and Gold Coast Science did win the game. I think it yeah. went two extra times. Remember, I think power equalized late in the yes, in we the play in regular yeah. season, and then Gold Coast went on to win it in extra time. So anything resembling that would be fantastic. But hopefully, these are two showpiece games for the game here in Queensland. Yeah, and that was that was their year that Gold Coast Knights end up going to Perry Park and then beating Olympic in the grand final for their one uh, grand final win in NPL. So look, you know, we'll lightning strike twice on both sure. on both sides of the coin. I have to see what happens. We'll talk about it next I'm, week. I'm actually pretty sure as well that it was uh, Olympic that knocked off Lions in the other semi final. Well, that, that was that, that year, year, absolutely. So look, does, does history repeat itself? We'll find out this weekend. We will now. Before we get to that, who is your performer of the week? What do you got for us this week? Oh, you know what? I'm I'm torn. I'm torn. Um, I'm torn, but I'm going to probably stick with uh, Kai Bolton's hat trick. Uh, two two goals, uh, two penalties, and a goal uh, to to you know on, on Saturday night to uh, to end uh, Logan's run in the uh, in the top flight. But I'm going to give an honorable mention to his teammate Yuta Hiriyama for his goal and. That goal celebration. I didn't know the boy could dance. I did note your slander at me last week in the performer of the week at the end, and it's been noted and it has been discarded. I am continuing with my trend. I'm going for two plus this week. Connor Damsma and Jamie Davies. They were outstanding at the back. Two really good young players for Easts. Did a great job at the back last night for them, and they were my equal performer of the week. No, I absolutely agree there. But um, yeah, both young players were absolutely exceptional last night. Um, yeah, uh, look, Jamie Davies did an excellent job, so sort of really sort of making life difficult for Ante Poliak. And uh, look, kind of Damso, he made a huge save with about ten minutes to go. Um, that, that pretty much you know kept kept the points safe for him. So yeah, look, both young players to uh, look out for, and they, they've got a they've got some very very good young players at East. Uh, uh, so I think yeah, they may be a force to reckon with going going forward if they can keep that group together. Hopefully see them riding around at Heath Park for many years to come. All right, that was edition of the NPL Thunder Show here on the Brisbane Football Review. And thanks for joining me. Yep, thank you and good night. It's been a bumper edition of the show. We'll be back next week to recap all the semi-finals and look at to the grand finals. We'll talk to you all then.